You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Stateside Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Roska, and I'm here today with an absolute badass producer, writer, friend, human. I love this guy. And it's uh, Andrew Gomez, one of the newest clients on Stateside. And I'm so stoked to have you here, man. Thanks for having me on, man. Um, I'm a recent fan of the show. I didn't know about it until I signed on the Stateside. And I'm a fan now because I've been listening and I love it. <laughs> so it's cool to Hell be on yeah. it. <laughs> Well, Andrew, for for anyone who's listening who doesn't know who you are and what you do, can you give a quick elevator pitch on just the the essentials? Sure. My name's Andrew Gomez. I've lived here in Nashville, Tennessee since 2004, and I am a music producer, writer, mix engineer. I play in a band called Loyals. I just kind of just do all the music things, and I think I do them pretty well. I think I do them pretty well. Hell yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's the really quick elevator pitch. I love it. Yeah. I I frequently ask that question and very infrequently actually get an elevator pitch. (laughs) It it ends up being a 10 minute explanation of, you know, everything someone's ever done. And uh, yeah. So, you know, you've been a producer full time for over 10 years now. Yeah. Oh gosh, uh, full time. Uh, I would say since 2017 it was full time. Um, so since 2017, okay. So it's been a it's been a good bit. Uh, I mean, I've been doing it for some kind of compensation for I guess yeah about 10 years. I think the first record I, the first paycheck or gig or money I got from production was about 10 years ago. Yeah, it was a post uh, hardcore band called Camzen, and they're still doing it. They're here in Na- or they're in Nashville. Yeah, hell yeah. Okay. So obviously, you know, in that time, the world has completely changed and our industry has changed just as much with it, if not more. I would love to get your take on how things have changed and how you have had to adapt or, you know, learn new processes, etc. Yeah. um, Well, I think early on, like any producer that gets started or engineer, writer, artist, like you're kind of just figuring it out. I know for me, production early on was just doing demos for my bands, for, for, for my band at the time. Then it evolved into, you know, some friends, you know, uh, hey, could you record me, whatever. But I, I feel like the approach and just kind of, I don't know, it's changed a lot in the sense of, I think a lot's changed, but also nothing's changed. It's always been about the song and it's always been about the song being good. Like if the song is good, the audience will find itself. If you put in the work, that's kind of what it's always been with TikTok and all sorts of things, even AI now, and to some degree, a lot of us focus so much on the numbers, the views, the content, all that stuff, getting the, that dopamine hit when you get all those comments or hundred thousand 
likes or whatever. But I, I think that stuff is very fleeting. I think uh, I think if you have a good if you have a good song, if you're an artist that puts out good music and is consistent and most importantly authentic with yourself, I feel like the good stuff just comes naturally. And success ha- also has various forms. Sometimes success is not a hundred thousand likes on a TikTok. It's uh, you know something else completely. It's playing this really specific show, and then you know how as much as I do, like anything can happen from anything. Like you could be playing a show, and some guys there that watches you play, and then something crazy happens because they hit you up and like, hey, I really believe in this. But, like I don't think much has changed, but yet everything has changed. It's kind of a weird answer, but uh, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, like. I've been kind of doing the same thing I've been doing for forever. I've just kind of maybe have maybe some of the outside has looked a little different or maybe some of the approaches like slightly been, you know, focused this way over here. But at the end of the day, it's all about good songs. And that's all I like doing. I I like writing and producing good songs that people want to listen to five years from now because it's timeless. So that's how I do it. Hell yeah. I hope that answered your question. I was just kind of, <laughs> I, I don't know. That was a little deviating a little bit, but. Totally. I ask these questions so that people can get a feel of who you are. And the way you answer an incredibly vague question tells a lot more about your personality than the actual words you use, in my opinion. Smart man. That's what they said about him. <laughs> but talking to um, the the fleeting social media likes and dopamine hits there, not being what we should call success or, or what you see to be success. I, um, I want to highlight that, you know, we say it all the time. If you can clear $10 a year in the music industry, you've done a great job. This is an incredibly hard industry to work in. The whole industry is working against you so that you're not successful, whether intentionally or not, just by the way that it's all set up. I mean, it's so hard for independent musicians to make it work and pay their bills with it. So my definition of success in this industry is I don't have to have three restaurant jobs on the side. You know, I can pay my I can pay my rent off of what I do. Or, or even less than that, I'm on track to be able to pay my rent from, from what I do in music in three years. I, I would still call that success. And I mean, as long as there's a goal, yeah, you're moving towards a goal. And if you hit the goal, then that means you were successful with hitting that goal and you set a new goal. Yeah, absolutely. And you go farther. And I mean, that's how anything goes. Uh, I think it was just this morning I was reading a post from, man, I can't remember. It might have been Chris Sly. He's a Nashville artist guy i think he did american idol back in the day but i've known him mainly from like a writer producer in town that people just know and really love he made, he did a post this morning like a huge post he had to like scroll through the the squares on instagram to read all the text because it was like a notes app thing and he kind of harped on a similar thing where it's like i tell everyone like don't do this unless you know <laughs> if, if you're trying to make money then don't do this because the people that want to make money there's so many better ways and easier and more you know, surefire ways to make money. You should be doing the music because you feel like you have something to give or you have something. That's all art. Like I think a lot of people do when he goes to literal art, like paintings, like they, there's something that they want to put down on an easel paper, something, canvas, something that is authentic to them or is trying to say something or trying to communicate something. I think the same thing with music. Like if you're just, if you just want to be famous and cool and like make money, like just go be an influencer or something just like, or try to figure that out. You know, like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but if you're trying to be a musician or a music producer or a writer, like you need to learn how to absorb 
the life around you and learn about that and learn about from your friends or your non-music friends or your music friends, just like the everyday life and the struggles that come with that and the good things and just, just absorb that and interpret that in your own way into the art that you're making. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, that's totally agree with that. It's, it's definitely uh it's hard to make the money, but I do think, I do think people that do the music thing or any creative endeavor authentically and with their whole heart and doing it for that, not to make the money. Well, the money will find its way. It, that's what happened to me. So, I only did it because I cared about it while I was working jobs. And then I quit the jobs because I was too busy working with bands or working with other people, other producers, and I was making money. So it was just enough money at least to quit my job. Um, still wasn't making a ton of money, but hey, you know what? I was matching my previous full-time job at least. So Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Um, and I think to add on to what you were saying there too, you know, the money, talking about how, you know, you put in the work and it's going to take a lot of effort and the money will come eventually. I think there's a caveat, an asterisk there of the money will come eventually if you are a good person who treats people fairly. If you, if, I mean, this industry is way too small to be a dickhead when you're nobody. Uh, especially Nashville. Nashville. Especially in Nashville. Nashville, you can't. Yes. No, I, we've seen, I'm sure you've seen, we've seen, we've all seen the people that, make a fuss or make a stint of something. And then we don't hear from them after a while in Nashville. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You're right. Be kind. That's always right. Be kind. Be, be nice to people. Uh, actually give a shit about people. Believe it or not, doing that will get you farther than your talent. 1000%. I, and I say that as someone that I aspire to be the least talented person in any creative room I'm in so I can learn. So, you know, I always want to write with people that can write better than I can. I want to write, I want to work with artists that can do a thing or want to do a thing that maybe I like that, that will push me to have to break through a wall and learn something. Even if, even in a familiar genre, like rock or pop punk or something like that there, I'm always like looking for like a, you know, what's, what's like a, something I can stretch. They'll stretch me a little bit. And I think that's huge too. Be aware of who you're around and who you're working with and try to try to get some people in there too that are, it's hard to get like the big people, the big names, but everyone knows someone that's better than them at something. Yeah. Go hang out with those people. Go be there. Go be there. One hundred percent. Go be there. Yeah. Well, is there a dream person for you that that fits that criteria of like, oh my god, if I could get in a room with this person, is it like an artist or is it like, is it anything open to interpretation? I have an answer for an artist. I have an answer for a producer. I have an answer for a mix engineer. Perfect. Hit me with all three. Artist wise, what's funny about that? I think everyone goes for like, what are my favorite artists? I'm be honest with you. I love the 1975. I never want to work with them. <laughs> because <laughs> i need them to do their thing to inspire me does that make sense yeah if i'm in the room mixing up with that mojo like i, I kind of need that i need that to be sacred you know what i mean uh, i just saw them on this past sunday in nashville for the fifth time or however, i don't know how many times i've seen them every time they've come <laughs> to nashville and it's just i lose myself in those shows more than i do in any other show and i i kind of want i don't want that mystical thing to go you know so i think for me i actually don't have an answer for an artist but i have an archetype for an artist okay i think i would have a great time and also do really well with an artist that maybe had a really good run a few years back maybe in a certain thing or they got really popular very quickly um over a big single or something like that that needs that still has that power but hasn't had the song in a minute like sure i i don't know i i'm i feel like 
there I have a lot of artists. I don't want to name anyone because I'm not trying to make anyone feel bad. If if they're doing well, they're doing well. Maybe it's just my opinion. But there's definitely some, especially some bigger artists I grew up listening to in the last like maybe ten years that they're just killing it a while back, and they're still doing it now. But like they haven't had like that that thing, that spark, that you know whatever um, in a while. And and sure. I just that's the kind of ideal like bigger artists I would want to work with is somewhere I can help them recapture almost what made them love what they did in the first place like what what kind of what what was the thing that made because I, I know how it is how it is to get like jaded and you know i've been in bands since 2009 and i'm still in a band we're about to put out new stuff um very soon and uh, this coming year i understand how it is to like i don't know what to do or you know i had this happen but you know i haven't haven't nothing's hit like this has hit before or hit in the past i, I don't know i kind of like I don't know. Maybe it's like that A and R in me, that little baby A and R, that cre- that development side of me. I really love doing that. I, you know, the last few years has been a lot of that, working with uh, kind of newer artists or younger artists or people just kind of getting into things and helping them find like that their sound or their voice or whatever. I think good producers do that. I, that's the typically producers were that was kind of their job in the back back then. You know, absolutely. They would yeah. take the artists and they would develop and fix them up a bit and get them ready for the big leagues. It's kind of what was happening back 100%. then. 100%. So that's that answer. For mixing, uh, Tom Ward Algae, 100%. Tom Ward Algae is my favorite mix engineer of all time. I think he is he has mixed my favorite records of all time. And um, love his brother too. Chris is great. But uh, I, I think there's more Tom mixes that I love, <laughs> honestly. I think they're both awesome. Fair there, enough. But, um, but Tom Ward Algae, like, I think to do anything with him would be life-changing. I have mixed on his console, his old console before, though, in the past. What's the story there? He stole he sold his SSL uh, that he had in the '90s. That uh, he did the Weezer, the Blink uh, records, the Angels and Airwaves early early Angels and Airwaves stuff. Some forty one as well. I believe he did on that console. He sold that unit to a studio in Florida, and I went to that studio with an artist back in twenty eighteen. And they're like, "This is actually his console." Yeah, he sold us. That's so cool. <laughs> and unless they were just lying to me, but I mean, maybe they were. I don't know. But uh, I mean. They're like, yeah, what, everything went through this. That was really cool um, to work on that. Um, but uh, mix engineer, for sure, that that would be the, the thing. I don't even throw in a writer, honestly. I'm a big fan of um, well, John Bellion's just the best. Like, to do any kind of project with John Bellion would be, like, a life-changing thing. Uh, he, maybe he hasn't had, like, as much nostalgia or, like, means to my high school years. or younger. It's just more of, like, I just think everything he's done has been, like, top tier. Like, just... Everything he's done with artists the last few years, like Jonas Brothers, Justin Bieber, all that, he's like, he's really just gotten some great songs with those artists. Um, like that, per- the not Purpose, that was a few years ago, but the most Justice, the Bieber record with like any mm-hmm. um, anyone and um, Peaches and all that. Oh yeah, John Bellion, fantastic did a t- record, ton of songs on that record that I loved. Um, and every song I loved on that record, I was like, man, this song just has a little bit something extra going on. I look at the credits of John Bellion. Okay, that dude knows how to go in and just like do the thing. He gets the best out of those artists. Did the same with the Jonas Brothers on their comeback stuff. Um, or I was right and Tedder did that one, but I think jo- uh, uh, he worked on the newest record as well. Sure. So like, he's just, oh, maybe maybe I'm like John Bellion. Maybe I just want to go work with a bunch of cool people and do like a little bit later in their career kind of record. Maybe I'm, maybe maybe that's my archetype. I don't know. <laughs> okay. But uh, 
I think there's an argument to be made that you're building your own archetype. But also, I'm not, I don't like putting people in boxes. So, no, I don't either because you can change and it's totally healthy and, and probably honestly best to change. Stuff Absolutely. I was wanting to do and produce a few years ago are different than what I want to do now because I think oh, your, yeah. ta- your tastes evolve, your tastes change. Doesn't mean they're bad, just means that you, you know, maybe you did your time with that and you want to do something else. I mean, so. if I kept, if I kept doing the same thing that I got into the industry doing, I'd be a booking agent right now. And Ugh. we never would have met. We wouldn't be doing this podcast. And I'd weep and for I, you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I work in an office full of booking agents. Give them a Shout break. out to the booking agents. They're doing the hard work. The good oh, ones are yeah. doing the best work, too. Oh, man. The find a good Absolutely. booking agent. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, man. What else you got? Hit me. Hit me yeah. with those questions. I know you got questions. <laughs> I do have questions. Uh, peeking behind the curtain. I did read all of them to you before we started. You did. And that's that's uh, where I'm like, oh, wait, where's he going next? Where are we Yeah. Going? So I'd love to hear about in the time that you've been that you've been producing and writing, and for that matter, in the band. It absolutely yeah. applies. What have you learned and whether that's you know, I don't think our audience isn't really producers, so I think it's less about the technical side of things and more about also that stuff is super stuff boring to talk about on a podcast. That, that that's for video. That's for videos. Boring to talk about. Do you know yeah. how this? Do you know how boring uh, to be to describe how to EQ a kick drum over audio? That's so boring. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but yeah, like you know, what have you what have you learned, and how have you had to adapt the way that you naturally? exist in the world to make it make sense for being who you are in your career well that was a question i don't think you read that one to me earlier <laughs> that's because it came off the dome baby you're on the call they can't see because it's video but uh this is my living room bro like my studio is my living room the bottom that's half behind one. the bar is like the tv and all the stuff but for now we're building a studio in the basement over the next while but no hurry there but i don't know man i think this is interesting. I like this question because it really, it makes me have to like evaluate myself a little bit. Yeah. Which I think is a, is a very healthy thing to do. Okay. Let me, let me paint you a little picture here. When I was younger, um, going to church, going to youth group, playing guitar and like church band, multiple church bands and always doing a music thing. If I was at my school, I went, I was homeschooled, but I went to like a, like a private school co-op thing where you'd meet for one day a week, do your classes and your tests and stuff. Even there, I was like, the go-to guy to play guitar for like a thing, like a some kind of church thing. So it was a Christian private school, homeschool co-op thing. For so long, that was my only identity with everyone was like, oh, he's the kid that plays guitar. He's the kid right. that plays guitar. You know, for a little while, I kind of hated that. And especially later in high school, um, it just felt like, and yeah, I had some mentors and stuff. They're like, you gotta, you gotta figure out who you are outside of that. You know? Yeah. And uh, I think the recording thing, while similar it's still in music i think moving from that inward state of being guitar player want to play for a dope band or be a star or whatever to moving more behind the stage and behind the you know i'm still in a band we it's not like lately it hasn't been the most forefront thing that people know me for but spending so many years now like you know not on stage but behind the desk or on a couch writing songs i kind of found that weird balance where it's like there's so much more humanity in that like i don't know i'm getting to talk and hear and learn about people way more than i ever have 
just by sitting in rooms with people and letting them be vulnerable and honest about their art and what they want to write, what they want to write about. Cause the good artists are writing about stuff that means something to them. Right. I think that's helped a lot in, in, in a weird way, especially in a place like Nashville where things are very community. Most of my friends are my clients. <laughs> I could say the same. <laughs> I think for a bit of time there, I, I had a lot of people advising me against that. Nashville was a little different back then, honestly, though. Especially in the scene that I'm in, which is kind of the more alternative, like the rock, the punk scene, pop punk scene, heavier stuff even nowadays. Um, now we're getting like this kind of country rock hybrid hardy kind of thing, you know? Oh, yeah. Most of these people are just homies. They live down the road from me. Some live my, like, in my off my street or in the neighborhood and um i think the music thing is almost more of like a it's just kind of keeping everyone together a little bit too if we didn't have this and we had other jobs like this is a thing that it's that it's a unity common ground and it and it and i think music especially like in industries in places like nashville and community it, it's so powerful that you know, people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different all sorts of things can find that common thing. And it kind of is a beautiful healing thing. Gosh, there's so many people that, you know, 10 years ago, I wouldn't have thought about hanging out with because of like X, Y, Z, dumb box in my head. I have to only be mm-hmm. with people that think like me or whatever. But working in this industry and just being open and receptive and friendly and kind to people and then receiving that as well back is kind of really um, giving me a lot of hope, honestly, and just like the state of the world and humanity a little bit. Cause I've just, I feel like I just have a lot of people I can rely on because I don't know that, that work in the personal life. Like I kind of just, I hang out with everyone I work with and no one kind of cares. We're just kind of having, yeah. we're just doing life together at this point. That's just kind of where we're at. You know what I mean? Fair enough. And it's cool that we get to have that kind of experience in this like one chance we have on earth. We don't have, I don't have to really get to, I mean, I have definitely have my friends growing up that don't do music. They're just high school friends and they're really, and they're still dear to me and everything. Um, And we hang out still and all that. But like, it's just cool that I also get to live in a world where it's kind of, I don't really have to turn the off switch on for the work thing. Cause that could, you know how it is going out to a show, seeing an artist that's quote networking for me. I'm just hanging out. And I think that's the difference. I think people understand when you're coming up to them with an intention to get something out of them. Sure. And and then versus intention of like, man, you seem like a cool dude. I just want to like be your friend and hang out. I mean, that's how you were when we met. Like, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, I mean, I'm sure you had your nefarious, like, oh, I'm going to get this guy. I don't know. I'm just kidding. You maybe did. I don't know. But like, uh, just, it felt like we're just hanging out and that's really how it's felt. And that's how it's always been with me and you. Like we yeah. go and hang out somewhere and it's like, went to like Attaboy, got some drinks, hung out, talk about skateboarding for the first like hour that we're hanging <laughs> <Yeah>. out <laughs> and our love for like that, for all that. And like, that's, I don't know, that's the good stuff to me, man. Like we'll always be working on music and doing stuff like, but you know like bringing in that stuff into those relationships has always been fun. I think it creates a tighter um, relationship with the artist and the writer or the writer producer. Like everyone has that kind of more synergy going on because it's not like I only see you or talk to you about writing songs. You know what I mean? Like Absolutely. I understand yeah. that you love star Wars or Marvel and we can just talk about that for like 20 minutes and just whatever. And just nerd out about that. And just, I don't know. I just, I'm kind of got sick of the, kind of the stiff approach that I feel like outside of Nashville things can sometimes feel like. Um, and, you know, honestly, even Nashville kind of a little bit felt like that in to some degree earlier on in previous years, but I feel like 
the last few, there's been, you've seen it happen too. There's been a very true sense Absolutely. of community growing here that's been noticed, noticed by other cities, other big music hotspots. And it's just a cool place to be. And the answer to that question, like long things, like it's just, I don't know, man. I, I just feel like I'm just, I'm just living, dude. I'm just living life. I'm, Fair enough. <laughs> I'm living life and, and doing, and doing the fun things and doing it with the friends and making more friends. And that's just, it's just fuel for me. You know, I don't know why my brain did this, but right when you said, I'm just living, my brain immediately pictured a t-shirt with that uh, that turtle from Finding Nemo, but your face photoshopped <laughs> on his face that just says, I'm just living. I'm just living was uh, the, the, the turtle, yeah, the surfer guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know his name, but he was the turtle in Finding Nemo. Crush. Seems crush. Nice. You're talking to a Disney guy. You're talking to a Disney guy here. I know. I know the things. Fair enough. So. Good, good work. Um, well, and you know, just to, to loop in what you were just talking about, about coming, coming at this with a human perspective and just being, being yourself and having fun, having real relationships with the people that you work with. I think it's, it ties really great in with what we were talking about before, where, you know, we don't exist in an industry where you start and then you make a bunch of money right away. Like this, no. and and we don't exist in an industry where there is ever any guarantee to even make a living wage, and we're taking that risk and choosing to do that because we love it. So we should have friends and relationships that are worth our while outside of the business side of things. Sure. On top of that, with those people, and if, I do too. If we're not having yeah. fun, then we might as well go work on Wall Street and make buckets of money or sell insurance or something but <laughs> that sounds like the worst thing ever to me yeah it does to me too no offense to everyone that does that and loves it but like you probably think being a music producer is like the worst I- idea ever and i would say yes <laughs> for most people yeah like yeah you, you have to deal with a lot man i mean it's 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 half these sessions are therapy sessions man that's what it is. Oh yeah, I mean, and, that, I and that's good, and I and I and I welcome that. You know, I I'm good. I I feel like the best art and the best songs comes from being vulnerable. I've said it a million times. I'll say it every podcast I've been on. I'll say it everywhere. The only time you'll get successful is when you are authentic with yourself through your art, and that's it. Because audiences, fans, they are attracted to that. They're they we people are so smart now. They can they've sniffed out TikTok. They know when you're sitting in a car with your phone they know what's coming that wasn't the same four years ago like over covid three years ago over covid and they they're smart people aren't stupid so stop trying to trick people no smoke and mirrors do the hard work and figure out what that means for yourself like what does that mean for you as an artist to be like your authentic self because i guarantee you once you lean into that and you start start working that good stuff will happen always also get with a good producer but uh <laughs> absolutely know. and his name should be andrew gomez uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and good writers too that's that's another thing writers obviously i feel like writers don't get talked about as much i feel like you superstar producers like writers you get you know on them but the writers truly need to get a little more credit than they've been getting in my opinion i've been seeing a lot of friends doing just put in the work man they're giving people their best songs and they're getting like such little royalty money off of it and stuff and it's just it kind of sucks a bit I completely agree with you. And let's let's talk about that a little more in depth. I've been saying lately, you know, in the wake of the Hollywood writer strike that I would not be surprised at all if there was a songwriter strike on the horizon. I would welcome it, 
honestly. As would I. And, and that's coming from someone that, like, yeah, I have cuts on songs. Like, yes, I can make money from and I have from songwriting, but I produce music. That's a whole different way of making money. And, like, yeah. I'm talking strictly about the people that write, and they only write. Totally. And they're yes. damn good at it. Like, they're really good. Some songs that I have associations with that would never have been as good without XYZ person in the room that just only writes. They can come yeah. in and just do the thing to make that song better or just even bring the idea sometimes to the artist. And they're like, you know what? After sitting around and talking shop for 20 minutes about my life and what's going on and what's going on in my life, the writer is like, oh, I got some ideas. Here you go. I've been so many rights of that situation. And, and, and they just don't get appreciated as much, man, honestly. Absolutely. I, I, I totally agree that it is possible for that kind of, some semblance of a writer's strike in the songwriting world. That could be a thing, maybe. I don't know. I don't even know how that would even go about. I'm not smart enough to know that kind of stuff. But <laughs> Neither am I, but, but I know if Hollywood can do it, music can do it. <laughs> and just also looking at the trend of how many how many more strikes have happened in the wake of that extremely public Hollywood strike. I just wouldn't be surprised if... Multiple Hollywood strikes. Yes. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, we could use some of that mojo over here. <laughs> yeah, like I, I want personally, I want to see writers getting uh, points on master royalties. Like, yep. uh, why, why shouldn't they? I had a very honest, real conversation about that with a friend of mine that worked on a record with me a couple years ago. I never really thought about it until then. And I was like, huh, yeah, man, this record actually wouldn't be here without you. So, yeah, I really wish you had some kind of like hard compensation for it that wasn't based off of like luck of a song doing xyz absolutely yeah and yes the best biggest writers in the world can charge exorbitant day rates or massive publishing buyouts for their work but that is the top 0.1 percent like yeah. that's not it's, relevant to the, yeah. the rest the of people the that everybody knows basically exactly. if you're an if you're a yes. household name writer so yeah big thing here that i think maybe the average person doesn't know i imagine the people that were listening that that listen to this podcast do know this but a producer can make a good song great a producer can't make a bad song great a writer has to make a bad song good first i go as far as say the artist also has to have the confidence too just even the performance and stuff but uh, from what my personal experience but yeah no uh when it comes to production i mean you can definitely polish a turd but at the end of the day it's still a turd underneath yeah so yeah absolutely you know you can put all the cool tricks and all the all the cool sounds but man if that song is just not it then it's not it absolutely what does your day-to-day look like how does that work for someone who is a music producer in Nashville, works out of a studio in their house? Man, I'm real lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Days have been good lately, for sure. But uh, day-to-day, I mean, honestly, it's just, I think it starts about the night before, not the morning of. Night before is usually look at my calendar, who am I with tomorrow? Usually even top of the week, like who am I working with this week? Just kind of keep that on the brain throughout the week. Usually I have stuff booked out anywhere from... Uh, last minute cancellation so let's do it right this week to two months in advance two to three i mean earlier this year I, I feel like i was on like a two and a half to three month like i can't get to it till then kind of vibe trying to do a little bit less of that lately i like to be a little bit open and spontaneous for cool stuff i i learned my lesson there sometimes being too booked isn't actually the best thing yeah i live a life too but uh, I think my day-to-day is more of just getting up, seeing who's coming over. You know how musicians are, man. Ain't no one showing up till at least 11 o'clock, especially in Nashville. <laughs> Don't even get me started with LA. Shout out to you guys. And y'all love the party and sleep in, which I resonate with. But uh, probably do, a, if, if it's like a right or, let's say it's a right. That's a great example. I do a lot of those. Maybe start at 11 o'clock, 
maybe we'll get food before maybe we'll order food while we're here work on a song usually it's written by like two three o'clock and i spend from three to six working a demo doing as much as i can with the artists in the room uh get vocals they leave not trying to keep people all day all night plus you know i also just don't want to be here for 12 hours a day with somebody personally (laughs) sure and alone time is nice it is then i'll do cook dinner or go out to dinner maybe we have a thing to go to like go see a movie me and my wife will go see a movie or go hang out with friends or do whatever, whatever activity. And then usually it just depends on what's going on in the week. I might do a little bit of work at night. It just depends. It just, it just varies. Everything's an ebb and flow. I mean, everything's a season right now. The season I'm in is like, got a lot of cool stuff coming up. Got to do a lot of things right now to finish up before that cool stuff comes around. Um, and that's just kind of the season I'm in. But then I also did a season where, you know, I worked on John Harvey's record, told you one and a half, two years ago from when I met him, we wrote bleach, which was another normal day show up at 11 o'clock. I never met John before. We write bleach that day with, with a couple of our friends, Spencer Jordan, Danny Hidalgo, um, and Cabe Wyatt. And, um, did the demo day of sent it over you know, that TikTok blew up because I was in the age of everyone's TikTok blowing up. Oh, yeah. And and then everything changed after that. So I was just like, okay, well, we're going to work this project for a while. I saw other artists I was working with in the meantime, but I was kind of primarily getting more sessions in with John. And then it turned into, like, he got signed and he had offers even before, I think, even Bleach came out. It was wild. And then suddenly it's like, wow, this thing, just random connection, this random like friends like, hey, and John wasn't anyone back then. He just dropped out of um, college and just was just like a dude that wanted to make his own artist project. Yeah. My life changed a lot in that time. Like my day to day was very different in that time because when you have a big project like that with a pretty big, you know, like when you're working with a label and there's like pretty good budget, like, I mean, you kind of can't afford to kind of just work on that really for a little while i did some other stuff too because i can never just keep my hands you know empty but that was a different time too it wasn't like right now right right now i'm like kind of working with someone different every day i was working with john pretty primarily for most of the back back half of 2021 a little bit into 2022 until the album got mixed but um you know that's just whatever it calls for and that's what's interesting about this job is is that things can change and it's kind of in your control too how much you want to do it and it's you kind of can kind of flex around a little bit you know um it's now been a little while since i did that record and now i'm kind of at the point where it's like man i think i'm kind of ready to do another record you know like like another like kind of major label kind of thing again because sometimes it's nice to just get immersed for a few months in a project instead of doing what i do most of the time which is like immersed in a different song like daily and kind of come back to it Mm -hmm. over the next coming weeks until it's done and kind of just cycling a different person every day. I love that. I need seasons of that because I honestly, I feel like that's when my chops get better because I just kind of like, that's so many influences, inspirations. And you're just kind of, to me, that's like the, that's the grind time. And then when it gets to a record, it's like game time. It's like, let's take all of that and let's just do the best project ever and spend a few months on it and just like live in it and like make the best thing. Um, So I've never heard someone talk about that sensation like that it makes a lot of sense and i really like the way you you put it yeah yeah that's how it is for me now there are other producers equally and and even way more successful than i am have completely different approaches that's just what i do that's how i that's how i like things and i do like things not being the same for more than like a year maybe like not that i want a completely different change but it's nice to go through seasons i think seasons are very important they help mark things in your life they help determine like you can look back and 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 figure out what worked, what didn't work, what can I be better at, what can I grow, or or look how much I have grown in this past, you know, year or whatever, you know. Um, 
I think sometimes we get so immersed into like the the grind and just the constant just go 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 workaholic lifestyle that sometimes you kind of need to maybe sit back and reflect a little bit more. I think a lot of us could could do a little bit better, do a little more with some reflecting in their life because I think uh, I don't know. I work with a lot of artists, a lot of people that have have great songs and have had big highs, and some of them had huge highs with big lows, and I think reflection goes a long way it's really weird and that's a little bit more psychological philosophical but like i I don't know i think the the age of like let's grind until we die for 24 hours a day for 365 is like i don't know i don't know if i'm in that anymore i don't think i I don't think i like that i think i like the i think i like the moderation's good i would i would argue that the world is yeah, I would argue that the world is trending in that direction in a lot of ways, too. Like, with, like, I think the people that are technically, I believe that they are still Gen Z, but the the people who are very, very young, like, that are just sort of entering the internet and putting their opinions online and stuff, it, it feels like the direction that they're going is like people should be happy they shouldn't just like work to make money all the time and yes i understand that there's a lot of uh hardships that are going to be you know bad yeah and hey, down you, gotta, and you gotta still them. work hard but yeah you have to absolutely you have to you have to work hard but you don't have to kill yourself to do a job especially well, if it's a job you don't care about it's also good to give yourself a break uh, and it, t- it, it took me a little it took me a little while especially when you're younger if you're if anyone's listening that you know, is into writing or an artist or as a music producer, like on your, on your come up, like most people that most of my friends, you will hit a time where you get that streak. And maybe that streak looks different for everyone. For me, there was two streaks. There was one that was in 2018 to 2019, where I really leaned, Nashville was starting to like kind of move a little bit in a pop direction. And, and I was noticing more people were interested in pop rights. And it's just kind of a little more opportunity available. And um, I was, there was a two month period. I believe it was August through September. I think it was 2018. I, I think it was maybe 2019. One of those years I worked every single day, I had a session every single day, even the weekends, maybe half of those days were double sessions, two months straight, no days off. Whew. And in the moment I was like, I felt invincible because it felt like the work I've been kind of, and what I've been wanting to do was starting to feel like, oh, I'm busy. I'm getting clients. I'm getting work. I'm doing all this stuff. I have all these projects lined up. I don't have to think about booking or, I mean, I can be thinking about booking for later, but like, I'm not like struggling to figure out what I'm doing in a few weeks. Once that period ended and I got a little sizable break or a vacation or something like that, where I had to like stop working, it's like everything hit me at once. It's like, oh man, you've been you haven't been taking care of yourself. You've been excited. Absolutely. You've been working. You've been doing good stuff, but like, I don't know. I think like everything, like moderation, everyone says it, but I mean, it's like, yeah, do things, moderate how, how much you do, like, you know, but also the way I've been structuring my life and how I work now, like I now have the energy to do long days again because I'm not doing them every day. Sure. You know yeah. what I mean? Like if I want to get something done, I had a instance this past week when I was in LA, uh, a song that I just pretty much produced everything in one day because it was the right opportunity at the right time. I saved, I wasn't grinding out the whole time. I was doing good work the whole week. Awesome. Great sessions with everyone. And then the last one of the trip, I was like, this song is great. I see the potential here. There's an opportunity here. Let's seize that. And that's when that overdrive mode could kick in and I can just crank out entire production in like a day. 
and I more or less is what I did. Yeah, and that's that's the you know the end of that that common phrase. I can't remember the word for <laughs> what I'm trying to say right now, but um, the the end of that quote is everything in moderation, including moderation itself. Like there <laughs> there is a time and a place. Oh, yeah. to to just buckle down and go hard for there a little is. bit, but you 100%. need to know when to ease off of it. Because it's very easy to get stuck in the cycle of just, I sleep, and I don't sleep long enough, and then I wake up, and I work, and then I sleep, and it just goes on and on, and you one day you wake up, and you're very sad, and your room is not clean. Mm-hmm. That's something I've been very proud of in the last, I don't know, I would say few months, or most of this year, is kind of like having that realization of figuring out, I've, I'm a little more in tune with myself and how much I can push myself health in a healthy way. Uh, I think last year was very interesting for me. I got married last year, and most of last year, you know, we're wedding planning, all that stuff. It, we got married in November last year, so and everything up is that's a whole another story, another podcast about that because it has nothing to do with music. But it was a very <laughs> interesting time in my life. But I, I was very frustrated last year at the end of last year with my with my work. I was very frustrated with my output, how many songs I worked on, how many songs, because I had the capacity, I could have done more. But life was calling me to do something a little different for a while. And I I was very frustrated about that. And I felt like, and I came off a year of like some really great momentum, working with some great artists, Uh, friends of mine I've been working with, like doing some of the earlier songs. And now they're like, you know, they're signed and huge and whatever, all the cool things happening with them. And like, I felt like I was just kind of had a good pulse on the, on the, on what was happening, what was going on. And then life, you know, was like, Hey, this is happening. And you also have these other things you need to tend to. And, you know, um, I think for a little while, I was pretty frustrated about last year. I was very unhappy with with uh, how I was. And I also, I will admittedly, like, I could have done a lot of things better. I could have managed some of my time a lot better. I could have done a lot of things better. But now I'm starting to look back a little bit now and realize, okay, that was the thing I had to go through and learn because now I understand myself more and understand how, in a healthy way, to schedule better than I was. And now that I have management, I have you, everyone, it's like, it's a lot easier now it's ever been. But um, I feel like that was kind of a growing pain, like lesson I had to get through. Cause now, I mean, gosh, I was talking last week with a friend on another, sorry, I do other podcasts. Uh, another, <laughs> I was on another podcast last week and he asked me like, just strip how I was doing. I was just like, when it, in terms of everything, music and all that, I was like, you know what, man, I feel like this is a real good time. And I feel like, I, I feel like I'm becoming more aware of understanding when the good times are good. I wasn't aware of that. Like there was a few years ago, did some baller projects, some great songs. The Hardy record was one of them. That was just a great time throughout. And I maybe started to understand like, hey, take this in because like it won't be like this forever. Like right. this is a very yeah. fun time. And now more so I think I'm I think that's just comes with time. That comes with putting in doing the work and, and just flexing that muscle for so many years or in working it out. I think I've just come to a nice place recently of just like very comfortable with who I am, very confident. I think that's very huge. I wasn't as confident as I have been this past year, year and a half. And I think there's some power to that. When you can achieve something like that and feel comfortable and confident in yourself, like it really feels like you kind of can do anything and you can do it pretty well because you know what you're doing. Hell yeah. And you're also, when you're confident, you are going to feel a lot more self-incentivized to actually achieve or strive to achieve those things. You know, if you think I can do this, you're going to try your hardest to do it. If you think I can't do this, you might not even start to try. Yes, absolutely. Then there's some things where stuff comes across my desk. Can you do this? It's like, yeah, 
100 percent, i could crush it and now i'm at the point i was like yo call my buddy over here he's so good at this yeah i love that i'm at i'm in that position where i can do that because that was not the case a few years ago it was like yeah i'll do everything and i think to some degree honestly if you want to be a competitive mu- music producer writer whatever you kind of need to say yes and do a lot of things for a little while you kind of need to get you need to get like that experience in. you need to you need to have some mistakes you need to figure it out i would argue that goes beyond production yeah into every asset of the music industry really like i mean the reason i got to having this job was because i was treated really unfairly at my old job i quit i went fully freelance and i my catchphrase was if you will pay me and is in the music industry, I will do it. If I don't know how to do it, I'll stay up all night the night before and figure it out. And that's what I did for a year. And it eventually led to this job. And I guess I don't think I would have ended up in this place where I feel really comfortable and really confident. And I get to work with some of my best friends in the world and just have a blast doing it. If I didn't put my head down and say yes to some god awful stuff <laughs> that that really oh, yeah. Uh, yeah yeah we all have it everyone has that and even in like a more corporate situation like you do work things and projects that you don't want to or you think it's just not or not respectful of you or of your time or your skills but sure um but i mean yeah i mean people ask me all the time like i mean i get dms from producers on up and on the up and up and they're always asking like it's always funny the questions they ask they always ask like you know all this stuff that's like yo you're you're asking some finish line questions when you're not even over here yet you need to figure out how to get through the race before you get to that finish line you know what i mean um but uh i was like yeah like i think last week someone asked me about like randomly on threads i know so i feel like i'm one of the few threads users oh i think i saw this i'm a threads reader i'm not a threads poster some guy posted it was the thing that's been going on that i'm sure a lot of people are annoyed with on threads right now if you're listening to this in october november 2023 that uh you know there's like hey try to fix my algorithm like and comment if you like are interested in these things and I mm-hmm. commented on a couple, and I got a few follows, some music producer people. I guess they went to my Instagram, looked at some of the stuff I've done. Like, oh, man, this is really good. Some There was one I was in going to Belmont here in Nashville um, recently. He just kind of started doing production. He makes, like, really cool, like, kind of hyper-pop beats on his laptop. And he's asking me about, like, so do you, like, pitch, like, beats to labels? You also have, like, bro, okay, hold on. Let's walk back a few bit. Let's walk back <laughs> a bit. You know, like I sent him this long message. I was just like, "Hey, just like he's like, how did you get here? How did you do this? How did you get this gig? How did you, you know, whatever? How did you get management? How did you get blah blah blah?" And it's like, okay, I did all of this for a long time before this happened. Before this happened. Before this happened. Now, you, you, it may happen different for you, but you got to work a little while, and you kind of have to be a little humble. With, you have to humble yourself just a little bit for for a little while. <laughs> Oh yeah, and that and I think that, like you said, that is kind of a key to most things in life, and which is funny because that's kind of a lesson I probably could have learned that elsewhere in the more normal kind of working corporate world. But it's kind of cool I got to learn it in music in such a personal way, you know. Absolutely, and I think I I think there's an argument to be made that the overall payoff of all of that investment and struggling and effort is a lot more fulfilling in music it than it would be in a corporate job in a corporate job that outcome is money mm-hmm. and in music it's money and friends and a community and just so many more other th- i mean getting to work on what may become your favorite song and so I mean, an infinite list of things that are nourishing to the soul and not just to the wallet 
absolutely. I mean, that's still my favorite feeling. It's like last week, did this awesome song with this band in Los Angeles and wrote the song, kind of produced most of it in a day. That feeling has been mostly the same since when I did that the last time I did something like that, that felt like this is a moment. This is something that, right. you know, and, and so many rides, even like a couple more I did right before LA, I did just some, some friends, some artists around here in Nashville. You know, I did like a, a week of writing that I hadn't kind of done in a while um, with some friends in town. And it felt like every day I was just listening back, like playing Xbox that night. I just throw everything I work on into like a little playlist on my phone and I'll just sit there and play Xbox and throw like whatever recent songs I'm working on or have worked on like in a loop. And I'm just sitting there like playing a game, like kind of turning my brain off and more passively listening to stuff than actively. Mm -hmm. And just being like, man, I'm like, this just, that feeling is always so good. It's just like, man, we, there was nothing this morning. Now we have this. And this is so cool. And I love it. Yeah. And then and then we write another one the next day. It's like, oh my gosh, I love this more. And like, <laughs> you know, you know how it is. I'll tell you what, man, I hope that feeling never goes away. It surely hasn't so far. And and sometimes where I felt like I hadn't felt like that like fire, that feeling in a while, like it comes right back at the right time. It's like, oh, love this. Sure. And and if there is a world where that feeling totally goes away, that's probably a sign that it's a t- it's time to change your relationship with the industry whatever that means i tell you what man i don't want to be like i don't want to be 55 years old and haven't felt that feeling in like 15 years before i decide to change something absolutely like i I, and you know that also does a disservice to like in my opinion because i've had friends that and people i've worked with in the past like years ago people i've looked up to that you know had a really great run for about 20 30 years in the production world and i kind of became friends with them or maybe worked with them in a time where they're kind of in their last few days of it like they're kind of falling out of it and man is that grim just being in a room working with artists like man this is so great and they just feel nothing and it's like, man, yeah. I don't want to ever lose that. Like, I'm sure you get sort of desensitized to some degree, but man, I don't know. They always say, like, don't meet your heroes, but I've worked with, like, three of them in this past year. And every single time it's been awesome. So, like, <laughs> you know, like, and and I don't know. I just, I, I feel like I, I love that. And I think that's a thing that just kind of, you know, that's just one of the many things that keeps it going for me. And it keeps it, like, exciting and fresh. And, and, make, and if you're not learning or adapting, you're basically dying. And that's, I believe that too. But also at the same time, if you can't be excited about it as you were when you started or have at least some semblance of that like euphoric kind of like wonder. Sure. Like I, I feel like that's what keeps the good songs coming a little bit. I think I was talking with a friend as well last week. He was, we're, we kind of were like, you know, I feel like at the end of the day, we're just trying to retain how we felt like when we were really happy when you're younger. That's kind of really what it is, but it just sounds so depressing because I'm 31. I know you're not, I know you're in your mid twenties, but like at the end of the day, like everything kind of felt like it was in front of us when we were younger. Like we had sure. everything, we had everything yeah. and we know what we're doing. But when it came for me, my years spent as a teenager were in music, in bands and playing in like in that. It's great that I still get to do that now, but I get to do it for a career. I think at the end of the day, whether I'm, I'm not even conscious about it. I think I'm just subconsciously just trying to like f- please my younger self like give him something to get excited about i think that there is certainly i don't know where it is in there but there's certainly some sort of life lesson a therapist could pull out of that <laughs> that Maybe. whole take i don't know man i'm I, I wouldn't call myself a very smart person i just have a lot of experience in things 
that's really it. I don't know what that means. I don't know how to take what I just said and and where's that? Where's the point? Where's the theme? It's like I don't know, man. Like at the end of the day, I wrote a cool song last week. That man, if 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 I would have heard that as a sixteen year old me, I would have like, oh, this is my favorite song. I love this. Hell yeah! So like, that's the goal. That's the thing. That's the. I mean, and not not that everything has to do that. There's different songs for different purposes, but you find like that what that thing is, and you you try to please that version of yourself i think that's how i approach things at least but um sure that's called taste too that's taste so absolutely and all producers are hired for is their taste honestly at the end of the day so fair enough and yeah. anyone can learn how to record well not anyone but <laughs> a lot of people can well i don't know i'm pretty fucking dumb and i'm recording this <laughs> podcast right now so yeah i think that's a good testament to could i mix the podcast absolutely not but that's a different story no totally but you know what i mean it's like <laughs> yeah yeah the taste thing the producer like that's what people were hired for back in the day and i think somewhere along this along the way over the years like the producer became kind of the superstar and kind of was doing all the cool stuff but sure. i kind of like to take the approach of like nah man like i live in a, I work in a service-based industry that's what i'm doing I'm here to serve the artists and i'm here to make them the best version of themselves that's all i care about because that's what I wanted for my band when I was when I was younger, when I was first starting to record is like I wanted the producer to like be the mentor, the guy that helped me be the best. So that's kind of how I approach things. I mean, it's it's the difference between is your intention in this world to leave leave this this earth with a bunch of billboards and statues about Andrew or is your intention to grow the community and the people around you into the best versions that they can be? And by the nature of that, people are going to know who you are because you're, you know, and and I think there's one of those is kind of gross. And one of those is a very genuine thing. It's the, uh, it's the George Bailey approach. (laughs) (laughs) Very, I hope, I hope people know what that reference is. Yeah. It's a wonderful life, you know guy just spent his whole life serving his friends and then whenever they i hope that i i can do that enough to where if i ever was in need of something or needed help or whatever i hope that what i've done for people like you know that i would get some kind of like compassion in return to i mean i i feel like i just love all my friends and i help them so much and i feel like that's just the best way to do it's just to give i think giving is just the the crux of like the human experience in, in, in a way like no one ever got anywhere without someone giving confidence or advice or something to somebody else to help them be better that's just just what helps us that's what helps the world go around help people do great things you know yeah well i i can say i can't imagine a world where you need something and your community doesn't rile around to to make it happen i mean that's that's the nashville way baby it's the nashville way it's also i don't think that's the only reason i think it is due to you know the the giving that you have been been doing to your community over the last better part of a decade and just you know the people that you've surrounded yourself with are really good people who genuinely care about others oh i feel so warm on the inside what a what a nice like oh what a nice uh wholesome podcast this has been (laughs) (laughs) before before we were talking about this we were you know this we were saying like yeah it'll probably be like a sort of get to know you we won't get that deep and then we got deep we got all deep i I don't mind (laughs) getting deep deep i love it yeah and we didn't talk about a movie the whole time which is pretty impressive for us (laughs) that's that's that is very impressive i'm a big movie guy 
That's my thing. I'm there every week, baby. I sat through three and a half hours of Killers of the Flower Moon the other night, and I do not regret a single bit of it. <laughs> oh, I'm going later this week. I can't wait. Uh, I think can't wait is like a weird thing to say. It's a it's a very dour movie, but but uh, but you will be very uh, moved. Fair enough. In Fair in a way. Enough. So yeah, we're nearing nearing the end of that time here, and we're nearing, baby. Are we, are we landing the ship? Is that what they people say on podcast? Are, are we are we uh we uh descending? We we the plane coming down. We're descending into the what do they call it? The I know what you're talking about. It's like it's like a we're about to make the, our uh, descent. We're about to make our descent. Yeah, something yeah. about a landing pattern. Is that a thing? I just so many podcasts I listen to. <laughs> anyway, like, all right, as we land the plane or whatever. I'm like, <laughs> I see. Okay, as we as we make our descent. <laughs> Well, um, yeah, as we, as we dock the boat, (laughs) that's some Tennessee shit right there (laughs) in the crick. I would love to get your take on sort of a state of the union on the music industry. Okay. Do you like where we are? Where do you think we're heading? And do you like where we're heading? What do you think needs to change? Do with that what you will. You're gonna have a very boring answer because you're asking a very much an optimist. (laughs) So, uh, I think that right now, in my opinion, my taste doesn't mean you have to agree. I think that pop music in the last few years has been better than it's been in the last 10. Um, I think the range of artists that have been graced to be allowed to get popular by gatekeepers, labels, tastemakers, the algorithm, the whatever. Like, look at this. In the last few years, we've gotten Olivia Rodrigo, which that record, huge. Driver's License and Sour, Good For You, that whole thing. New record. In my opinion, better, but you know, whatever. But uh, Billie Eilish, which is like to me, you know how you get Billie Eilish? That's how you get kids in their formative years observe or they're absorbing music for the first time and they're listening to Frank Ocean. That's how you get Billie Eilish. Like you get, you, you get like when the most big records are these kind of like interesting, different approaches. Like you get Billie Eilish, you get those later on. I think we were in a stage of very boring pop music. And I, I know the world isn't just pop music, but they kind of do kind of run the world a little bit. So absolutely. And if you can get something to break on pop, it's, it's, that means something big is happening. And in the last few years we saw MGK uh, bring pop punk back to radio uh, over COVID. Say what you want about him, whatever. That record was huge. I love that record too. And now we're in like the year of Blink-182 where they're having their biggest year they probably have ever had, which is oh, bizarre. Yeah to say as someone that is the biggest the world's biggest blink fan like you can see the 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 bible is on the wall over there there it is there <laughs> i can is. see the, it yeah the the vinyl for the untitled record yeah they're having their biggest year but then also same time like disco got came back in the last few years with Dua Lipa and everyone like they they cracked disco and made it good like <laughs> and enough. then blinding lights 80s like it's such a great time to love pop music and music in general because now because of tiktok and then before that spotify we're just more aware of more unsigned artists more new artists and people in right now the best idea wins and that is all that matters if you have a great idea and you can sell it as an artist i think you're gonna do just fine be authentic but also like it, it but sell that sell it good and I mean, what was the one over over the summer that was popular? The TikTok song, If I Were a Fish. You know what I'm talking about? If I were a fish. Da, da, da. Some girl in Nashville. It was like, not a radio song, anything big. But so many like Gen Z, college age, whatever. Everyone knew that song because it blew up on TikTok. And we live in a world where you don't even need radio to have a career. Absolutely not. That was not the case 20, 30 years ago. That was not the case when my band started. It was always about like, man, if we can get good enough to get on radio. Which is like, you know, that's so cool. For sure. 
Yeah. That's still a, a sign of great success for sure. The royalties but, uh, aren't bad. The royalties are great. Um, <laughs> yeah. XM as well. Uh, but uh, but I think right now the state of the union music is like, <sighs> I think there's a lot of people that want to be negative and detract and talk about AI and be like, oh, they're coming for us. It's like, I don't know, man. People are going to be able to feel a human song easily. They're going to know. They already do. We aren't we aren't that stupid. We're also humans. We 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 understand emotion. We have there's some invisible connections between us that we can tell, that we can understand that uh a computer will just not be able to do. Now the computer can get really good at helping us make some of that stuff, and I'm very excited for that. Sure. Maybe get some some work off my plate that the computer can do. And so I can get to the good stuff quicker. I think music is in a healthy spot. I'm really excited about the next few years. I'm always excited about like new records coming out. I'm always just listening to who's on the up and up. I don't know. It just, it just feels like a really good time to be into like discovering music right now. It feels like every genre, every corner has something exciting going on. And it hasn't felt like that for a while. It surely did not felt like did not feel like that when I was learning how to produce in like 2011. And, early, and like it, everything was just... I remember when a rock record was Imagine Dragons. Which is like no offense to them. I yeah. love that night. I love that Night Visions record. But I remember as someone that grew up in rock music, punk, alternative, warp tour scene, and then getting into like trying to do it professionally, like doing like being a music producer, being a little upset back then that like my kind of music and stuff I love just wasn't hidden anymore <laughs> on a popular standpoint, and that the rock category was Imagine Dragons. Again, love that record, but it was like okay, so I guess rock is just kind of big drums, big vocals. No. No, uh, no guitars, no big, you know, whatever. But now I feel like the genre thing doesn't really matter. In fact, I think it's almost encouraged to kind of break genre a little bit. And completely agree. And and I think because of that, we're about to have an, a really cool renaissance in the next few years of just like really creative and interesting music. And I think even AI might help in a positive way in that, help break some walls a little bit. And uh, I don't know. I'm just an optimist too, so I'm always going to find the good in things. So. Well, it's a lot more fun to be an optimist than a pessimist in this world. It keeps me smiling more. That's for sure. I'm, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm r- with you there as a chronic optimist. Chronic <laughs> optimist. That's, that's well, why we know. work well. Hell yeah. We're, we're, we're just like belligerently like positive about things until something happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just will into existence. And speaking of being belligerently positive about things, really bummed that we can't talk more in depth about that project that you went to LA to work on. And we'll have to... We'll talk about it in the future. It'll happen. Exactly. We'll have to do a follow-up episode once you... uh... Once that project's over, it's a thing. I think it'd be a really fun thing to just talk through the the inside baseball. It's kind of fun. Absolutely. I think people are interested in also hearing that stuff too they're interested in hearing like okay what's it really like the blah 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 blah. totally you know, you know? Yeah. but we'll bookmark that for next year or something now absolutely well thank you so much for coming on man i've yeah. had a blast with you same and yeah where can where can people find you like plug yourself they can find me on instagram is kind of the main spot i update about things because it's just kind of what everyone uses and has uh it's andrew j underscore gomez so andrew j altogether underscore gomez g-o-m-e-z my website is andrewjgomez.com it's just kind of the landing page to send you to some other stuff for more or less you can find a playlist of a bunch of stuff i've worked on there there's also you know you can go to the stateside website 
as well. Go to my page on there. It has like a curated playlist. It's even easier if you want to just get to the hits. And you can also find me on Threads. I'll be the only guy over there. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you can hit that little Threads button on my Instagram profile. I update every now and then. I want to be the most popular dude on Threads. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Look... <laughs> You can find me on X or Twitter if you just want to hear me or watch me ramble about dumb shit that doesn't matter, like movies and, and Star Wars opinions and stuff that really has to do with music. That's kind of where I've let that cesspool turn into, like for me. <laughs> it's just it's just so I can go and argue with other Star Wars fans about how much we hate Star Wars, but, <laughs> you know. Fair enough. <laughs> hey, we all need our place to argue with Star Wars fans about how much we hate Star Wars. Star Wars fans hate Star Wars the most. I've been saying it for years. Oh, but I'm also, I do like most of Star Wars. I'm not like that crazy. Here's here's a bomb for y'all to hit me up after you read this. The Last Jedi is probably my favorite Star Wars movie. Go attack me on Twitter. All right. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, dude. And thanks for listening. Um, I'll see you next time. See ya. Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out.